Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Thursday night wisdom call, Bible study, and prayer. I am Pastor Lester Hayes here with my wife, Pastor Sharon Hayes, New Freedom Christian Ministry. We're also joined tonight by Pastors Eric and Phoebe Davis of More Than Conquerors Warriors Christ Ministry. We have a, a host of our uh, parishioners from New Freedom Christian Ministry joining us tonight, the McNair household. And we also have some of the More Than Conquerors Warriors Christ household. And anybody else out there feel welcome tonight that's joining us via tonight uh, our podcast, you know, Podbeam, you know, screaming in tonight, coming in with us tonight on our Creating a Prayer Culture line, uh, also our Wednesday night prayer line and our Thursday night uh, Wisdom Call Bible Study prayer line. So, amen. You're in the right place with the right people tonight. We're studying uh, the revelations of Jesus Christ, amen, out of the book of 1 John. And uh, we just give the Lord praise tonight, amen, for just allowing us another opportunity to open up his word and study his word together. Amen. Because the Bible said that we should study to show ourselves approved unto God as workmen who need not be ashamed that we can rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. And I want to say that's in the book of second Timothy chapter two, maybe verse 15, the King James Bible. But some of you Bible scholars, you know, you'll correct me before the night over. If that's not the right scripture, You'll but a- amen. But we're going to study God's word tonight collectively and together tonight. Amen. And so I'm so excited because we're getting ready to close a chapter of a very tiresome, troublesome, hard, difficult year. But I'm so excited tonight, you know, because of how we have grown and matured and how God has been with us. He didn't leave us or forsake us. And he just brought us right on to this point in life. Amen. And we thank God we're still here, as Mother Gussie has said. And the tornado came through last night. Other storms came through. It's been raining here Went out to my doctor this morning, got a wonderful report, excited about that, man. He was in there talking about praise the Lord. I said, amen, sir. You got it, doc. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, it's amazing when the doctors say that about you, how, how good your, your labs look. And I said, he said, yeah, you, you, you're doing really good. You know, I, he said, I saw it in there where your, your, one of your, 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 your numbers there went up to 30. He said, that's what we've been wanting to do. And all the rest of them look good. And I said, well, praise God. He said, amen. So we are, we thank God for that, that, you know, that our, 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 your, our oncologist is a believer and we're in good hands. And so we give God praise for that, how he blesses us. Amen. So let's pray and get into the word yes. tonight. Amen. Uh, if you haven't gone out yet on our Facebook page, please go check out the beautiful flyer that Quinn, uh, Bishop Quinn just posted. Uh, he and Pastor Eric pulled all that together. I provided them with some framework and whatnot. And it just goes to show you how we work together, man, as a well-oiled machine because God has gifted us, uh, you know, with all the different pieces that we need. Pastor Sharon, you know, backs me up. She checks out me, makes sure I ain't all over the place. And then we send something out and we get feedback. And the next thing you know, man, it's a project. It's complete. Boom. And then we put the finishing touch on, go final. Now it's out there. So please don't let all this work and effort go to waste. Send that to your friends. Just hit share and send it to all those people, man, because they need somewhere to go tomorrow tomorrow night. And they can come on, hang out with us and join us. I guarantee their lives will never be the same. And I say that because people right now are hurting. People right now are not well, y'all. They're not well economically, financially. They're having mental trauma right now with all these new changes from 10 days to 5 days and 
you know, keep your kids home. And some people say, no, I'm taking my kid. You just got a lot of people that are not well right now. They're not well balanced right now. As Pastor Sharon was telling me about what we're doing is bringing balance to people. You know, people are losing jobs, don't want to go back to work. You know, you got a lot of people that are not well out there. They're not well intellectually because they don't know how to process this. Well, the Lord said you perish for a lack of knowledge. You don't wait till the crisis happens to start figuring out what to do. You got to have a plan. And we're hoping in 2022, we're giving people a plan, you know, because God is always available to help us you know, to help us. And so we want to be spiritually well, you know, we want to be physically well, we want to be mentally well, we want to be intellectually well. A lot of people, man, you know, they, their careers fell apart. Now they don't know what to do. You know, I thank God that we have careers. I mean, you know, hey, I'm I, 30 years in the military. We all have, we all had careers. And some people don't even think about what if I have to do a career change in midstream? They're not well. And now it's hitting them like a, a, a tsunami and they don't know what to do with their career. Some of them don't want to go back to work. They'd rather get that little stimulus check, man, and try to live off of that. So these are some difficult times. People don't know how to manage their, their finances. I was listening to a man today talk about he need a million dollars in order to retire. And he's so far off, man. He said he don't even think he got, you know, $10,000 in the savings account. And he'd been in the workforce, man, for about 25 or 30 years. And so I'm saying to myself, where are you going to get a million dollars from unless he hit the lottery or something? But there's a lot of people out there in that boat that they don't understand. If you rob God, you're going to suffer financially of his tithe and his offering. That's just the bottom line. And people don't know how to be financially well. You pay God first, and then he said, you know, prove me here with and see if I want to open up the windows of heaven and pour out that blessing. So it's all contained in the word, everything that pertains to life and godliness. God has already given it to us. But people just don't have access. That's the last place they turn is to the word. And rightly so, because there's so much begging going on in, in the ministry now, man. And the sad thing is, we don't take care of the poor that's always with us. We don't look out for the widow, the homeless, as, as a body of believers. It's all about gimme, gimme, gimme. It's all about my birthday, my anniversary, the church anniversary. It's all about what's coming in. It's not about what's going out. But the Lord said, prove me here with. He didn't say prove you here with, beggar, aggressive beggar. He said, prove me here with. And he was a passionate, kind, God touched by their infirmity. The church got to be touched by some of this stuff. And we got to help make the people well. We got to help get them well. We can address all these issues because all of them that you're going to be hearing about in this upcoming year and tomorrow, starting tomorrow night, it's to be able to help God's people be well. I'm talking about totally well, you know, doing it God's way so he can add all these other things to the people. Mm. And so we're going to bring that to bear this coming year. Amen. And help God's people as we help ourselves. Amen. And God's going to work through the body of Christ. He's always put, put that, that responsibility on the church, you know. We're not just to be there, man, taking forth money, not just to be there singing to each other. No. Would it be there, man, for the people to have somewhere to go? That's why the scriptures say, forsake not this assembling of yourself together as a man of some is, as you see the day approaching. And just because you in the building, you can still forsake the assembly of yourself together because you can come in there judging, looking at everybody, how they dress, how they sound, and still be in the building, sitting there dying because you're out of contact with everything that's going on in the house. You're not there for God. You're there, man, to judge, to criticize, and, and don't let you throw your hand up and say, God gave you a word to give to us. Ain't going to happen. We know much, too much about him to doubt him. So I just threw that out. That's a freebie, y'all. That's a freebie. You ain't got to sow no seed for that. That's a, that's a freebie there. So let's get into the word tonight, amen. Again, like I said, this is Pastor Les and Sharon Hayes tonight. 
Thursday night wisdom call. That was wisdom I just gave you. Hallelujah. You know, so eat the meat and throw away the bone. This is a wisdom call. So you're going to get some wisdom. Amen. Uh, so let's pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask you to have your way tonight. You be the voice that speaks tonight. Take over my voice tonight. Speak through me tonight and speak through everyone that's going to make comments tonight. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that we will hear only your voice tonight as you speak to us these revelations of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for it now. We praise you for it now. We call it done. We call it a victory tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to continue from where we were at this morning. We stopped on a verse of scripture out of the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18, the King James Bible. And it said, and I will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, this is what God is saying. Amen. And so this is universal for anybody that wants to put their faith in God, you know, want to repent, want to turn to him, you know, believe on him. And once you become saved, he said, I will release the power mm. to you to become a son of God, you know. And so there's some work after you after you repent. There's some more work that's got to be done. There's some conversion got to happen. There's some regeneration that's got to happen. And now we begin to grow as sons of God, as men and women of God, you know, until we reach that full stature, that perfect unity of the stature of God, the Father and the Holy Ghost. And we down here in the earth, man, we bring ourselves right in vertical alignment with them. That's the unity of the faith until when we pray. Lord, your will be done here in our life on earth as it is in heaven until we start to look like him. We start to show forth some characteristics and attributes of our father. We his children, his spiritual DNA should be in us. And this is how we're going to know and prove that we know him. That love is going to be in us. That's one of the fruit of the spirit, the most powerful one, the most important one, the best one. All the rest of them hinge on that. And without that, you know, the Lord said, hey, you don't love me. How can you say you love me, hate your brother that you see every day? Love and hate can't exist in the same vessel. Some people try to. They'll say, well, I, I love you if you do this. You know, <laughs> that's not love. It's unconditional to be, to be love that's based on the nature of God. And so, amen. So we're going to pick up again, like I said, from where we left off this morning. This is Thursday night, Wisdom Call, Bible Study and Prayer. And the subject is the proof that one really loves God, okay? And we introduced you to six tests, said that there were six tests, and we're going to go over each one of them, just like the last uh, chapter we went through in the first book of John, chapter uh, 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 one. We learned some things about how to prove that we know God. Now we're trying to prove that we love God. To know God is to love God and to be loved by God, you know? And he said, that's why the world don't, don't, don't know me, <laughs> you know, because they don't love me, therefore they don't know me. They can't know me unless they love me, you know, and to love him is to serve him. And so uh, these tests, they prove uh, according to what is written for our learning. So we don't have to struggle with how to do it. He teaches us how to do it. He shows us examples of how he did it and his father, the relationship they had and how he had a relationship with the world. The father had a relationship with the world through him, sent his only begotten son to die for the whole world. You know, all them evil people out there, all those people out there that didn't even know him, had a form of godliness, hated each other, warned against each other, you know. 
but he still loved them. And he told us, I want you to love those people too, but don't love this world now. Don't love the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. You let me do all of that. I'll take care of that. You know, you, you, you don't worry about that. You just love uh, me, your God, with all your heart, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then love yourself. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. So he's telling you, don't forget to love yourself now. Mm. You know, and so in that order. And so we're going to deal with that. And all this is written for our learning. Amen. Uh, the first test that we, we're dealing with is called experiencing God's incredible love. And the, 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 the first verse that we, that we read here, and it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Now, this is a privilege of God's love. We can't just take this for granted. We are called children of God. And if he's our father, then he loves his children. We've seen him demonstrate that by sending Jesus Christ. We have no salvation without the love of the father. Demonstrated through his son, Jesus. Okay, that perfect love, that perfect sacrifice. A great love was given by God. The greatest. None greater, you know. None more important for our existence. Uh, a love so great that the world does not understand any believer that confess. Now you understand why we're believers. If you would believe it, it's because of the love of the Father. That's what makes that's that qualifies that proves right there, you know, because He's given us that love. He's extended that love to us, and He's made us His friends. He's made us adopted us as a part of His family out of love. Nothing that God does, He does it out of any other emotion or characteristic or attribute, but love. Mm. You know, and we should be the same way when we're dealing with God and dealing with his people and dealing with ourselves. Love and, and why it's so important, because it's spiritual and God is a spirit and he has a spiritual nature. And that's why love is God's nature is love. The Bible said God is love. Mm. You know, he can't be anything else but what he is. That's why he say I am that I am. He's love. And if we're his children, we're children of love. The love of the Father, which has been demonstrated toward us and is spiritual when it's of God. Now, people, it's not spiritual. It's sometimey. It's iffy, iffy, wishy-washy. Maybe, maybe not. You know, today love, tomorrow hate. Get even. You shouldn't have did that. You provoked me. See, God never does that. He would chasing you. Man, we be trying to knock folks off. See, God was just chasing us out of love. Boy, we be trying to annihilate them, get rid of them, you know. You know, God's church, okay, bears his special title of members, okay, which is supposed to be the sons of God. You know, that's what he, that's his, that's what he wants. He wants children, you know, to enter into that relationship of love, that sonship. And that to, that's to include our, 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 our women, too. You know? Remember, God has no respect to person. And he did all of this, man, so that he could have a church, a living organism in the earth, one of love, so that that love could flow out of those walls. You know? And people could feel loved when they think about the church, or they come to the church, or they ask about the church. There should be some type of comments about love, man. Them people, that they love each other. Every time I go in there, I feel the love. You know, every time something comes up, they're doing something to honor the community, honor the people, outreach, out of love. 
They're not begging for no money out of love. They're not cash apping out of love. They don't want to take our money, but they want us to be wealthy and healthy. They want us to prosper as our soul prospers. Why? Because that's what God wants, beloved. You know, not us to be out there taking the last dime from the people, the children, the ice cream money, you know, their, their allowance, man. We don't care, man. We just <laughs> ruthless when it comes down to that. Where's the love? Where's the love, church? Where, where, where do we start bearing that special title as members of the body of Christ, the household of faith, the house of love, which, which uh, is emblematic of the sons of God, the children of God. Mm. We do what our father do. Mm. You know, he said you're going to do that work, that work of love, that labor of love, and greater work are you going to do, greater love, greater dimensions of love, you know. And so, you know, and so in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 7, the King James Bible, you know, continues to add precedent to that title that the church is supposed to have, which is the, we're the sons of God, we're the manifestation of the children of God. Yes. And he says this, Wherefore thou art no more servants, <coughs> but now a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. That's the only way now. Everything we are is through the finished work, the merits of Jesus Christ's finished work on that cross. And if he hadn't said it was finished, We'll still be struggling today trying to please God, trying to appease him, trying to satisfy the requirement that if you were a sinner, you require you would you deserve to die. Because the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. But for love. You know. In that when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know. But for love, you know, covers a multitude of our fault. You know. Book of First Corinthians, I mean First Corinthians, chapter thirteen. All 13 verses speaks about love, all those, those, those things about love, you know, those dimensions of love, what it's not and what it is. And he said, that's only in part. We only know in part. <laughs> so there's much, so much more volume to know about God's love. Why do he love us so much when we have done so much to, to you know, to, to disprove his love for us? Because that's his nature. God is love. Ours is not. That's why it's so hard for us to love unconditionally. I know we can say we do, but let that sacrifice, you know, pop up. Let's go cost you something, cost us something, because I'm in the same boat. He goes on to say in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 15, the King James Bible, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a, listen to this now, a crooked and a perverse nation mm. among whom ye shine as light in the world. That's what Paul told the Philippians. Mm. Yeah, you got some haters out here, some Christian bastards out here, some people that are going to label you with everything in the book, going to say you're a cult because you, talk, you say you're an undenominational ministry, and they so used to, you know, the, the 4,400 different denominations that divide people. So you over there having your church the way you like to have it. You down the street having your church. Then some of them sit right across the street from each other and they fighting over parking space. You know, you got five people coming in that big old church that been in the family 145 years. And you got 25 empty parking space. The church across the street, nothing number the church, got all kind of folks, 50, 60 folks, and you, you won't let them park over there. Deacon out there guarding the parking lot. Should be in there, man, trying to get to know God. Mm. You know. So much disunity. God wants us to be brought together in spiritual harmony by love. Not divided. 
Love don't divide. Love brings together. It unifies. It conquers all that stuff. My church. I'm my parking lot. Some of them be offensive. Some of them got police out. Some of these churches, you be right. We used to go to church on Sunday morning, man. You got to slow down because they got police out there. Supposed to be keeping the peace. They got them out there directing traffic in and out of the parking lot at the church. And I said, if you're not going to do it for every church, you shouldn't do it for no church. Mm-hmm. But see, that's that division. We trying to go to church. They slowing us up. You know why? They having church. Seen a man out there one day. We were coming back. Now been ran over out there. Later we found out he was dead. Got hit by a motorist out there. So they probably wasn't paying attention. Wasn't doing their job. But that's love, y'all. In the eyes of man. Not in the eyes of God. He goes on to say in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 2 verse 10 the King James Bible. For it became him. For whom are all things. And by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captains of their salvation perfect through suffering. See, Jesus proved it all because he suffered everything for Christ's sake. What was his motivation? What was his inspiration? The love of his father. Remember he told the woman at the well, they weren't even supposed to be out there meeting like that. But see, love will drive you to meet with some stuff, man, that you don't upset and deal with it head on. Don't run from it. Don't walk away from it. Don't go around. Try to avoid people. Mm. But see, love will bring you right up face to face with it. And right away, people will recognize, she recognized he's something about him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 you ain't supposed to be out here in the, in the midday. You, you know, on this road right here, this is the time reserved for us to come out here. Everybody else walks all the way around and take another route. But Jesus said, it, it's, it's, it's expedient that I go this way. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it's needful that I go this way. Mm-hmm. There's, an, there's an encounter that's lacking love that's about to take place. Mm-hmm. You know, and it happened. And she took that love that freed her, released her, motivated her, inspired her, and set her free, covered her sins with them five husbands, men that she had been with. It wasn't her husband. He didn't judge her. He freed her to a point where she took off in love to go tell everybody about this man. Told her all about herself. See, love will make you do that. Tell you about yourself and not judge you. Isn't that something? He tells us about ourselves and chasing us, but then he gives us an opportunity, man, to get it right. To do something about it, do something with it, and once that love free you, you know you can you can now go share it with people. You can go tell others about it. Come and see this man, you know, this this, this love gift, you know, this savior, this redeemer, you know. Come and see this substitutionary lamb, you know. I mean, she didn't say all that, but the scripture says that for her. You know, scripture spoke for her about him, and they came and they saw. And they got touched by that love, too. Some of them got converted and freed, too. See, if we just preach Jesus and what he did and what he said and what he taught, that'll free people. That's the truth he wants you to know. But we like to add a little bit of this and a little bit of that because we want to incite the crowd. We want everybody to get emotional. You know, we want them to feel good in church, man, so that when it comes time for that offering, man, they feeling good. You're going to come back and tell them, take a thousand dollars out of your pocket right now and, 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 and come on up here and dance on up here and put it on, my, put it on this altar. And they're going to do it because they're feeling good. Mm. 
And tomorrow morning, man, when they get home and the mailman running, you, you know, you got $1,000 light bill. You done, oh, my God, I spent my light bill money, my stimulus check money. Come on. Now you got to go pawn everything in the house. Be able to pay that bill so don't cut the lights out so your children don't have to run around there scared in the dark. But you went to the conference now. And so he says right there, you know, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. So he said for this right here now, listen to this now. And bringing many sons into glory to the love of God to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Those things he suffered was for our benefit out of love. See, see, love made him suffer. Love drove him to suffer. It was love for the father first. Love for us next. And then later on, you know, it was love for him because he had told the father, I've done the work you sent me to do, father. And I glorify myself back with you to the glory that I had before I came. Now he was focusing on himself last. And even when that happened, when he was glorified, he continued to show love by interceding for us. Still standing in the gap for us. See, because when your father and nature love and you and your father are one, you can't, you're going to struggle and suffer to be somebody else. <clears throat> but see, when you know the father has got your back, you know, you can suffer because you know it ain't going to last forever. You know the love of the father is going to rescue you eventually, restore you, replenish you, renew you eventually. And that's what happened with Jesus. Finished that work. It was over. You know, pleased the father. And the love of the father brought him back, glorified him. And he's sitting there right now, man, at the right hand of the father, you know, making intercession for us. And so it goes on to say here, man, in, um, in uh, the book of Hebrews, again, chapter 12, verse 7, the King James Bible. If ye, listen to this now, endure chastening. God dwelleth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Now, Jesus understood this. What he was going through, the Bible says, was the chastisement of our peace. And because he became the substitute lamb for us, so he, he, he out of love, decided, I'm going to bear this for them, Lord. There was only one motivation, Bethel. It was love for his father. And, you know, endured that pain. You know, because that propitiation, that, that loss of peace with God had to be reconciled. And the punishment for sin that was imputed to all of us humans by Adam's sin had to be rectified by one man's obedience all the way unto death to put us back in right standing. Love, love did that. Love intervened on our behalf. Love came to the rescue. God's love through his son Jesus came to the rescue. Reconciled man. Suffered in our place. That we might be in good standing with God. Debt paid to the full. God satisfied now. You know. It was my son, but it was my love that caused me to give him as a gift to, to, to humanity, to the world. And in turn we get the opportunity to have eternal life. We get the gift of salvation.
paid for by his son through love. And he goes on to say that, you know, he, if, if ye can endure chastening, and Jesus did, so we should, you know, if we have to suffer with him, we're going to reign with him. God dealeth with you as with sons. He ain't going to do no more to you than he was willing to do to his son if he needs to. Vice versa. If God, what God needed to do with his son, he did. So that, that's been done. And now if we suffer with him, we're going to reign with him. And we can't complain because anybody who lived God is going to suffer persecution for his namesake. And, and in that, let me show you what love will do for you. It's not going to put any more on you than the one who loved us so much and gave himself for us. It's going to make a way for us to escape out of it that we might be able to bear it. That's love. That's love. Chasing it, God dealeth with you as with sons. You don't have no respect to the person. It's universal. Everybody's the same. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Now, if he chased his own son, how much more can he chase us if he want to? Because any chastisement from God is for our good. When you look at his people, Israel, caused them to go into Babylonian captivity out of love. They didn't see it as love. Some of the prophets did because they was with them. They had told them what was going to happen. <coughs> and they went on and rejected God anyway. But see, love kept them even in Babylonian captivity. And some of them adopted and became heirs to, you know, join heirs with these people, alliances with these people. And they died. Worshipping them old idols that they worship, worshiping them old false god, worshiping them king, wanting to be like them. But there were some that remnant, Judah, remained God's praise. They knew that if God can heal us and save us, he's going to be our praise in the midst of this. And God did because the prophets was right there with them, still prophesying to them, still having church service, still letting them know about the love of God. Rest of them just said, we want to we want to we want to serve you. We want to be your slave. We want to align with you. We, we like them big horses, them big chariots. We like this luxurious lifestyle that y'all got here. But thank God for Judah, his praise. Thank God for that remnant. See, everybody didn't come out when they were released. See, love came in and rescued them. Because they saw, my God, it's more of them jokers than it is. They multiplying. Them numbers are growing. They're getting, they're getting, they're getting bigger. And, and, you know, what's going on here? And then some of them start dying off and killing each other, turning on each other. Jealousy came in. See, love, love is not puffed up. It's not prideful. It keeps you humble, even in the enemy's camp. Because you know ain't no weapon formed against you going to prosper. Love ain't going to let it. You know when the enemy comes in like a flood, God going to raise up a standard. And see, when God got his hand on you and he's chasing in you, he don't need nobody out in the world to chase you if, if he loves you and you his son through confession of him as your Lord and Savior. He said, ain't none of that stuff going to pluck you out of my hand. That's why Judah was able to survive. Because they stayed in God's hand. They stayed under God's, uh, uh, you know, God's kingship. That's right. And out of love, he brought them out. And they went back to the temple, man, and, and rebuilt the temple, started to rebuild it and start worshiping God like he deserved because they were grateful, man. That love bought them out. 
And for all those men that, that aligned themselves with the Assyrians and all those Babylonian forces, man, they died. Because here's the deal. Not only did God allow them to, to, to die with the, with, the, with the Assyrians and the Babylonian army, he divorced them. Their children died too. You, you read in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of 1 Kings, second, some of those, my God, man, I'm talking about, you're talking about thousands of people died for that, for that, for that, you know, that, that chastisement. And all that was done to get them to turn their hearts back to God, and they still didn't do it. That's why he said, if you deny me before men, I'll reject you before my father. See, that's chastisement. That, that's love, because if, if he, if he, is going to let you get away with what he's going to chastise me for. That made God a liar, and God cannot lie. He said the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. And the only hope you have is to accept and believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He said, I did this to get you to turn your heart back to me. And you chose to die with them in Syria. You chose to die with the Babylonians. You gave your love and allegiance to them and not me. You shall have no other God before me. You make no grave in him. That's why he told them to go in there and destroy all of them. And some of them went in there, you know, and destroyed some of them, but they kept some of them. They didn't totally destroy everything God told them to. They bought some of it back. They bought some of the, the people back. You made them slaves in their house. And some died right there in them battlefields and some died later because they didn't do what God told them to do. That's love. See, that's that proof. You know, that's how you show God that you love him by doing what he tell you to do, keeping his commandments, obeying his commandments. And he said, you will. He said, the father, he said, for what son is he whom the father chasing is not? Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about you a child of God. <laughs> you can expect some, some, some chastisement if you're not doing his will and keeping his commandments and loving him, you know, like in your neighbors, like, you know, like God say, love you, love him. By this shall men know you are my disciples. Let's go a little further. Over in the book of uh, Revelation, chapter 21, verse 7, King James Bible says this. He, listen to this carefully now, that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Now look at this provision God puts in here. For his sons and his daughter. You know, I'm talking about the ones now who have accepted the love of God. So you can't be a son without accepting his love. They rejected his love. They didn't like his love. They didn't like the food that he gave them. They didn't like the provision that he made. They didn't like the promise in the, that he told them was going to be in the, in the promised land flowing with milk and honey. They didn't like that. They wanted something that their physical eyes could see. They wasn't, they wasn't all for the love that they couldn't see, which was based on a promise. And they didn't realize that out of love that God was faithfully promising them that he not a man that he should love. He said it out of love. He was going to do it. He was not going to change his mind. Because he, he loved them. And he was willing to do that for them. But they couldn't see it. 
because see, without faith, you can't see. You, that's why he told Nicodemus over in the book of John, the third chapter, verses three through five. Nicodemus, except you be born again from above, except you be born of the water of the spirit, physically and spiritually, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't see his love. You got to be born of love, you know, which comes down from the father from above. That's why he sent Jesus to save man from himself, from his ignorance, you know. To come and let them see God in action, you know, see God being touched by their infirmities, see God healing them of all their amount of diseases, seeing God binding up all the more evil spirits, causing them to tremble because they was about hating, murder and killing. When they saw Jesus, who was the love of God, they saw that love draped all over him. They trembled in fear. Because all they had to do was repent of their sins and they could have got the same thing the followers got. But they chose to love themselves, you know, love where they were at more than God. Some people like that now. They like the church experience. They like their post on the usher post. They like being out in the parking lot. They can light up a cigarette out there if they want to. They like being out. They like to meet everybody when they drive up and pull in. People like that. And they, they equate that to the love of God. And it's not by works of righteousness that you save, according to the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 3 through 5, King James Bible. It's by grace through faith. Faith that we preach by love. That's what's saving, because it's all about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's all about believing that God gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth him shall not perish. You won't die. Because love defeats death. It conquers it. And if you love God all the way to the end, this is what he's talking about, and overcome by that love, guess what he said? That last death, the last enemy, which is death, is going to be destroyed again. That's that second death, when you separate eternally from God. And so that's why he said, he that overcometh shall inherit. So he's talking about overcoming right now, flesh, Okay, where, where, where natural man is becoming renewed in the things of God to become spiritual man. Why? When you're a spiritual man, you have the spirit of God operating in you. Guess what he does? He, he causes and allows us to function in love. Because that's one of his first fruit. Now we can show love that we didn't have before. And, you know, just like our father, by loving kindness have I drawn thee. If you show love to somebody, man, who is empty and, 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 and need love, they will have a different response to you. That might be the one time they see Christ. Right. And then if you don't give yourself a pat on the back and say God loves you, you just drop the seed. Mm. Somebody's going to come along one day and water that seed. Mm. But there comes a time when God is going to bring that back to them and he's going to give increase. That's why he's giving seed to the sower. We're the sower. Sometimes we water. We don't know which one we're doing. The, the sower and the water, they're one and the same. But God gives the increase. And how does he do it, Pastor? He said, by loving kindness have I drawn thee. How do you think he's going to draw other sons and daughters? But if we never plant the seed because we love God's people, we want them plant seeds in us, which is taking scripture all out of context. But if you understand the word is the seed, that love letter, that love, that, that seed of love, if you sow that, you know, and it ain't coming back void, 
going to do what God please out of love. And it'll get watered and there'll be good ground that it'll fall on and stay and remain. And there'll be other kind of dry ground and parched ground and weedy ground. It's out there, but we don't get to figure that out. That's not our job to say who won and who. That's God's job. He gives the increase. He say who he want to say. He forgive who he want to forgive. And so he goes on to say, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 7, King James Bible. So let's go here just uh, a little bit further here. Out of, uh, this all wraps right back around to, to, uh, to uh, verse 1, where it says, behold, now he's saying, like, think about what all I just said to you through the word. Behold that. You know, get your mind around that. Get your spirit wrapped around that. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. So all these verses we just went on brings us right back here. And God is saying, you know, you should know me because you are my, you are, you are my son, you are my daughter. But I've allowed you, I've drawn you so that others might be drawn by me through you. Remember the prayer he prayed in the book of John 17 for all those that God had given to him, drawn them to him by love. He said, now, Father, next I'm praying for the ones that are going to believe on me through you, through them, through their testimony. This, this, is, this is what he's saying right here. No matter how far that love goes in your life and work in your life, it's not an end all with all for you. It's so that others, too, might know the love of God. This is why the church is so important in this work. Not the building. We are that church. We are that living mechanism, organism that God want to work through because love is alive. You know, love gives life to some situations, man, where there is hate. You know, there is division. When it's God's love. Remember, we talked about spiritual love, that God's love is spiritual love. It's not this here where people tell you they love you and then talk about you behind your back and cut throat and do everything, man, to, you know, to, to tear you down. See, love conquers all that. You can look at people, man, and see they're not where you're at and offer them love. You can look at people, man, and not judge or condemn and see the need because you're looking through the lens and eyes of love that God loved, loved you with. Remember now, Scripture teaches us that we were, we were as some of them were before we got saved, before God's love came and saved us. And so we have to understand, you know, Paul said, I became as, as they were that I might win some. He didn't go out there pressure and do the sin they did, no, he did, but he said, I just became, he went where they were at. He didn't back down. He didn't go, he didn't, he didn't circumvent and go another street or go another way. Why? Because... There's no, there's no, uh, love conquers fear. I, I tell people, and I really mean this, I'm not afraid of no man. I fear God. Because I don't believe God going to let no man take my life when I'm working for him. I, that, now, that's what I believe. But it's up to God how I leave here. And I'm doing everything that I can that if life for me gets any better, I would have died and gone to heaven. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to have everything that pertains to life and godliness and be content with that 
and not be trying to manipulate God's people, take advantage of God's people to take from them. No, what God has given to us is a wonderful, precious gift of love, and he wants it to be distributed to his people through us. It shouldn't cost no person out there that need love for me to tell them that God loved them. Because if he loved me, I'm supposed to tell people that he loved them. If he really, you know, if, he, if, if, it, if that love is really spiritual. Right. Paul said, it's not I, but it's the Christ in me. That's the hope. That the Christ in me, you know, can get in them. And they'll follow me as I follow him. Until they build their own relationship with him. Then they can help somebody else. And it just keeps on going. Love just keeps giving. Love just keeps giving. Love just keeps giving. It keeps spreading. It keeps sharing. It keeps saving. Keeps drawing people to God. And so we're going to go ahead and do one more verse. And we're going to end for tonight. Um, now when we look at... Um, this experience of God's incredible love. Let's just take a look at this. Uh, again, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. You know, just like he's spread across in our hearts. He also smeared it on our side, post, dope, all parts of our life is covered by that love. Going, coming, getting up, laying down, blessed in the city. That love covers us, man. Even when we're at fault. Even when we're doing wrong. Love the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth him not because it knew, knoweth us not because it knoweth him not. So we see this privilege now that God has given us in love. We are called children of God as a result of that. That is a great love given, given by God, a love so great that the world does not understand us as believers. So we said this love is spiritual now. This is, a, this is the church supposed to bear this spiritual love. Okay? That, that, that special title that we have as sons of God, members of the body of Christ, which is the sons of God. Anybody that's a member of the body of Christ, God sees you as a son or a daughter or children of God. So it's not your church or my church. It's God's house where everybody's somebody special because of the love of God. They're supposed to come there without forsaking this them and themselves together as they, the man of some people are, but they're supposed to come there to be, a, be edified. In other words, to be built up. Not to be torn down or judged or condemned or criticized, but to be built up, to be instructed in a doctrine that's based on love, to be uh, reproved if there's something that, that's wrong in love, speaking the truth in love without compromise. And if they need to be corrected in love without compromise so that, you know, we now can be established in that doctrine of righteousness that every man and woman of God who accepts that love can be thoroughly furnished and prepared now to every good work in love because they know we're doing it as unto the father, you know. And so we're just going to open up with verse two and then we're going to end. Okay, so now we're understanding that God's church, it bears a special title as members of the body of Christ in particular, which are the sons of God. Now, we may not be acting like it, that we're the children of our father. But that's where the growth, the development, the edifying, the building up, and God set gifts in the body to do that. 
after his own heart, pastors after his own heart, teachers, preachers. He didn't put them in there for that reason. Not so you can serve them, but that they can serve you. Just like our father. Okay. Uh, verse two says this, and he's specific here. Beloved, now are we who? The sons of God. After we have uh, gravitated to, understood, received everything that's been said to this point right here. Now he, he begins to come back and say, if you're in agreement with this, if you believe this is for you, written for you. Now he said, beloved, now are you, are we, the sons of God. And it still doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know now that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So now this is the greatest hope. It's even a mystery to a lot of people of God's love. In other words, what he's saying here to us, it is, uh, has to do with more than just what we knew naturally every day on earth, Pastor Aaron. It's also have an eternal transformation implication here. It's transforming us for eternity, y'all. What God does every day in our lives is what conforms us to this, to the, to how to how to be in this world and be not of this world. In other words, He sustains us, He divinely restrains us, yeah. He helps us, He feeds us spiritually, so we can be able to be sustained in this evil, unjust, you know, un world. You know, not loving the world or the things of the world. Keeping separate because we love God and we don't want to offend him. We want to please him. But there is a there is an imp implied transformation here getting us ready for what's going to happen in eternity. Even though it might be a cloudy mystery right now, it might not be very clear right now. But God is doing that eternal work just like we're doing this work for him right now. And he's helping us. He don't leave us. He don't forsake us. Like we like to say in the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 that he who has begun a good work in us will continue performing until the day of his return, the day of his redemption. Why? He's coming to redeem us, man, so that we can get our eternal reward that we've been working for. If we endure to the end to be saved so we can see what the end is going to be. And he said early in the verse, they who overcome. You know, that, that's God's children are, are overcomers. And how do we overcome? By the blood of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And now by the word of our testimony, this proves that we love God. This proves that we know God by the word, his word of our testimony. And listen to this now. And we love not this life unto death because of that eternal transformation implication right here in this scripture. What we will be is unknown. Okay. We will be transformed though to be like Jesus. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know is that the word of God transforms me, helps me to be able to live in light of eternity. You know, to be absent in the body is the presence of the Lord. We, we have this hope, you know, working in us, abiding in us, you know. And so when we come back uh, Monday, we're going to break this scripture down. There's four parts to this scripture with Scripture reference for each part. We're going to break it down because there's so much packed right here. And we got to be goal oriented. This is our goal right here is to be eternally transformed by the word of God, by the renewing of our minds right here. So we're going to spend a little bit of time here. We're going to take verse two and break it down. There's A part, B part, C part, and D part. And all of them have such a volume of scripture references, man. It just, I mean, it just, it'll fill you up.
with hope. Does not yet appear. It's still a mystery, but it's going to be revealed. When we come back Monday and break this down, it's going to, a lot going to be revealed. The lid's going to be taken off. And you'll be like, wow. And the goal is for that eternal transformation to take place. Not just how I'm going to survive right now. Not how I'm, We know God did that work. He's going to continue that work. But man, if I overcome, if I endure to the end, work out my salvation with fear and trembling, I'm going to be by that time, we're going to be by that time, you know, eternally transformed. That we'll be able to stand in that judgment with clean hands and pure heart, justified, you know, and told, not told to depart workers of iniquity, but to enter into that rest, to that mansion. That he went away to prepare for us. So we're going to end right there tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hopefully you got something out of this lesson tonight. Amen. That can propel you, man, to a greater level of understanding how much he really loved us. And what is required of us is that we love the way he loved. And because he loved, we should choose to love everybody all the time. Because without love, people are just a sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal, running around talking loud. But they ain't saying nothing. That's why some people can be so unstable. Some of us sometimes, because we, we forget the love of God, it is, it is unconditional. We can't do anything to annul it, separate from it. You know, the book of Romans tells us that chapter 8, nothing, what can separate from the love of God? Nothing. Things present, things, nothing, life, nothing can separate it from the love of God. He won't allow it if we belong to him. Nothing can pluck us out of his hands if we belong to him. And we can only belong to him as his children because of love. Not good works, righteous works, all those good things we do, all those deeds don't equate to love. We have to receive the love of God and let the Holy Ghost, who's responsible, shed it abroad in our hearts mm -hmm. so that we can love other people that's lacking love the way the Father loved us. With that love, unconditional. But we got to love him first in order to love others the way Christ loved us. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We praise you tonight, Lord God, for the wisdom called tonight, what has been shared. We're just praying now, Lord God, that this has uh, began an internal transformation process in somebody's lives tonight that is no longer mystery, but so much has been revealed tonight in the little that we did say mm -hmm. and teach and remind and instruct. And we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that your people, God, will fall in love with Jesus all over again, that there will come a greater dimension of understanding, oh God, when it comes down to the, the grasping, embracing the love of the Father. It was tremendous. It was awesome. And it's still loving and giving today. It's still drawing today. Yes. It's so much, God, that it covers the liar, the thief, the whoremonger, the murderer, those, God, who are yet afar off. You said, God, you're still calling them. And the only way, God, you can do it is by love. And so we thank you, God, for that love that's still covering our mother, that's still giving and still saving and still reaching the lost right now. You even married to the backslider. You even declared in the last days that shall come to pass, the father's going to turn his heart back to the son, the son to the father, the mother to the daughter, and the daughter to the mother. And, God, you said, that the prodigal sons were going to come back to their first love. They're returning now from the north, south, east, and west. Because, God, there is, there is, there is an eternal implication that's taking place right now. People, seeing people, loved ones, family members dying, leaving here, God. And the question remains, did they know Jesus?
Where are they spending eternity? We're praying that right now, something we said tonight about your love that will cause somebody to make a decision right now. I'm going to live my life starting today before I go into this new year in light of my eternity because it could be just like that, my life of vapor. And now I'm in eternity. And love prepares us for it, Father. That's the implication. It does not yet appear, God, what we shall be. But this one thing we know, that when you shall appear, who is love? You are love. If we're to be like you, God, it's going to have to be in love. And then we can see you, God, as love. In love, we can see you the way you are, God of love. This is our prayer tonight. And we thank you for it now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for loving us, teaching us how to love. For it's in Jesus' name we pray to the God above who hears prayers and answers them and show us great and mighty things that we know not of. We love you now and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, then. We're going to go ahead and transition tonight, School of Healing, right on into, amen, our comment time. And we'll start with our very own Pastor Sharon, followed by Pastor Eric.